Hello everyone and welcome to this new episode of the London Circle where we will be discussing Tunisia and recent developments, particularly that Tunis is where the Arab Spring started in 2011 and for almost 10 years held its fort in the face of a counter-revolution. With me to discuss everything happening in Tunis is Dr. Ahmed Galoul, an ex-minister of youth and sports, as well as Mu'ad Ghanoushi, the son of the recently detained Sheikh Rashid Al Ghanoushi, Speaker of the Tunisian Parliament. Enjoy. I still remember that glorious night in very early 2011, when we heard of the news, the world heard of the news that Bin Ali and his family had fled Tunis after a number of weeks of peaceful civilian protest against corruption, against tyranny, following the incident of Al-Bu'azizi, Rahmatullah Ali. Um, I still remember that. And, uh, and up until recently, I would say up until a year and a half ago, we were still singing the praises of the Arab Spring by virtue of the fact that it still existed and I would suggest even was flourishing to an extent uh, in Tunisia. And uh, we were constantly saying that um, despite the setback in Egypt in 2013, despite the counter-revolution across um, the Arab world for reasons that we understand, Tunis was, was still there and was still holding to the, uh, to the fruits of the Arab Spring. Um, I have to say, from a personal point of view, uh, traveling to an Arab country, which before I couldn't even dream to, and being received and welcomed, and then traveling back safely without incident, that in itself was, uh, was something that I, I counted as a huge blessing. But unfortunately, we uh, since 2021, the summer of 20, 2021, we saw for ourselves how someone who had no political background, known political background, someone who came to power by a free and fair elections, supported by many, including myself. I'll, you know, I'll put my hands up and say, I supported Qais Sayyid and I was pleased that he won the presidential elections. Yet, with considerable ease, um, he managed to basically scupper and to annul all the institutions that were built by the democratic processes over the past 12 years or, or at the time, the, the past decade. So where are we today? I mean, obviously we, we've heard of uh, the uh, mass arrests of political dissidents and then culminating in the arrest of your father, Mu'adh, uh, of Sheikh Rashid al-Ghannoushi. And uh, the, the, the same accusations that we heard against those who were elected in Egypt and elsewhere uh, of terrorism, of extremism, of uh, trying to uh, unsettle the country and civil society and the like, the same, the same old. It's as though it's a playbook that's being played out everywhere. But if, if we were to try to draw a map of um, where we were and where we are today and how we got there, where, where, where would we be able to start? Well, what you said is quite right, but um, having a dream is very, very important for nations and for the awakening of any nation. Believing those dreams is what drives history. Our fathers and grandfathers 
our eldest generations. We've all dreamt about regaining our freedom. Basically, what uh, Sheikh Rashid have said during that night in Jabhat al-Khalas, he said what we won in Tunisia for the first time in the Arab world is that we won the right of changing our leaders. That started with Mbaza and then Mustafa Marzouki and then Beji Sibsi and then the one who came after it. These, these were the words of uh, Sheikh Rashid al-Hanoushi. He, he spoke this just before he was arrested. Yeah, yeah. At the, the Salvation uh, Front. On the 25th of Ramadan. At, yeah, it was, a, it was a Ramadan. Just two, uh, two nights yeah. before he was actually arrested. He said that Qais Said took away this dream and that we have to regain our freedom. When Sheikh Rashid speaks about we, and this is very important, who are we? He was referring to an image on the wall of all the opposition of Qais Said and those ones, whether Khayyam Turki or uh, Ghazi Shawashi or uh, Ridab al-Hajj, are like from all the spectrum, political spectrum. Leftists. And and from the, the left to liberals, liberals to the middle. And Muslim Democrats, as Sheikh Rashid defines it, are part of that. Actually, Sheikh Rashid is the, is the last one right now. And we fear that even Najib Shabi, who's the leader of Salvation Front, might be uh, taken to prison again. So when Sheikh Rashid speaks about we, he speaks about all of us independently of our ideological background. And this is a strength. This is a, a real historical step forward which has been made for someone by Sheikh who's, uh, who's labeled as an Islamist yes. to speak in, the, in those kinds of uh, terms. That's, that's quite this is revolutionary, I'd say. This is very important because actually this is how Sheikh Rashid defines Islamically the public sphere. The public sphere is that we need to deal with it independently of the beliefs or ideologies of those individuals as long as we are united on freedom and democracy. These dreams, these dreams, these words cannot be captured in prison. And history will not stop this much energy in these values. This is what pushes history. So how, how, Rashid, how, are the, how are those ideas or statements, how are, how are they received by the audience? I mean, everybody really, and those who were there, was, but they, they applauded. But what's important, what's important is after putting Sheikh Rashid in prison, the international community, when defending Mr. Rashid Ghanoushi as a speaker of the parliament and the president of another party, they referred to him in these qualities. They did not refer to him as the leader of the Islamic party. They referred to him as a defender of democracy and freedom. And this is very important for us Muslims around the world and for us Muslims in the, in, 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 in the Muslim world that we are right now defenders of universal values as Muslims. So what Sheikh Rashid did is that he put this right, these roles of Muslims to be defenders of human rights, the rule of law and democracy. So where are we? We are in a very forward step ahead, not only within our countries, but this, even despite, within the yeah. Despite yeah. the despite, imprisonment of Sheikh yeah, Rajah, despite, despite the political crackdown. Maybe thanks to, to, to that. Maybe that can contribute. I mean, it's redrawing the, the kind of the political map within the country over the last 10 years the dividing line in, in in many times was those who were the former regime and 
everyone else. So the former regime was was obviously, uh, you know, labeled obviously, you know, the, the revolution happened against the former regime. And, and, and then after that, the pro-revolution forces. Since the coup, what, what happened is, is the redrawing of, of the political map, as it were, or the, the redrawing of the dividing lines. Uh, the dividing lines are no longer ideological anymore. It's not former regime versus Islamists or Islamists versus leftists or leftists versus liberals. It's those who are with democracy and those who are with the coup. So you find Islamists who are with democracy and Islamists like Hizb al-Tahrir who are with the coup. You find leftists who are with democracy and fighting against, uh, you know, the coup, and leftists who are supporting, you know, uh, the coup and, and and supporting everything that Qais Saeed is doing. So, and, and and this is important, I think, in this part that Tunisian society and and I think the whole of the Arab nation is 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 is, is you know following, yeah. which is. On, on what basis are we are we uh, you know uh, getting together? On what basis are we forming different groupings? Uh, we see clearly in Tunisia that the camp that is pro-democracy is growing every day, and the other camp is 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 shrinking every day. So on the first night, if I was to ask you about numbers or percentages, what, how would you? It's it's on the first night when when uh, my father Sheikh Rashid, the Speaker of Tunisian Parliament. He, he, he was trying to uh, gain access to parliament and he's the head of parliament. He should be allowed to to uh, enter it anytime he wishes. And he was prevented, um, you know, um, by tanks, by a tank that was blocking the entrance. He was on his own with a few other people, uh, mostly from Nahda and others who are, you know, uh, close to Nahda. Uh, and nearly the rest of the political space was either watching or standing with Qais Saeed. Supporting the tank. Yes, unfortunately. Now, 20 months down the line, we find Qais Saeed on his own, and the other side is full of everyone. All the shades of, of the colors that spectrum. we have. The yes, exactly. So Politically, ideologically. Left, right, center, you know, everyone is there. And, and uh, I think this is extremely important. And this, as you asked about numbers, uh, in one of the narratives that that uh, Saeed has been promoting, his people have been promoting, is that he's very popular. Parties are not popular. He's very popular, and this is even in all meetings that that uh, you know um, we have with with even people who are interested in Tunisia outside outside the country. They say, "Oh, Saeed is popular. What he's doing is popular, and parties don't have any 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 popularity anymore." Well, this narrative actually is not is not uh, right, and this has been proven with the number of uh, events that Qais Saeed has tried to put together to, to build his, his political system, uh, they've all been uh, failures. So the, 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 the uh, uh, referendum on his constitution, which he wrote, <laughs> Uh, it's so uh, it it is so ironic. I mean, I mean, it would have been funny, but it's actually very sad. Quite tragic, absolutely yeah, tra tragic. That you know, he 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 formed this committee to draft a constitution, and committee filled by people who are pro what he wants to do, and then actually he threw he threw their proposal in the bin and took out something. That he wrote himself, which was full of mistakes, by the way, even like grammatical mistakes and and, and typo mistakes. That's that's another story. So, um, uh, so that that referendum, 
only less than 30% took part in that in that referendum as declared by his committee yeah yeah by by obviously an election commi- commission that he and appointed the numbers himself are, are relayed as being far far lower yeah, than, yeah, than they actually right. said yeah, a lot lower and then we just had the first uh, the, we just had the parliamentary elections uh where they've been the lowest that they throughout history in any country 8% in the first round and 10% in the second round Uh, which shows that Tunisian people, they're not supporting the political project that Qais Saeed wants to impose on uh, Tunisia. They're not with him doesn't mean that they're ready to pay the price and the cost to oppose him because Qais Saeed is trying to build this system of fear. If you write a post on Facebook that is critical of him, you know, this decree that he passed just a few months ago, decree 54, you know, you can be imprisoned for five five years. We just heard from Ahmed that someone who shared yeah just a uh, a, a, a one of the youth he's just shared this Sheikh uh, Rashid yani what he said during the uh, salvation front yani night so we just shared it and said this is what Kanushi said and right now he is being interrogated by anti terrorist uh, Yeah yeah and that's happening also just uh, someone who uh, attended uh, there was uh, we have a weekly like uh, a picket or protest like symbolic uh, in in solidarity with the with the political prisoners uh, which is downtown in downtown Tunis the capital every friday so uh, someone just uh, you know someone who attended you know uh he gave uh, he gave like a declaration to a journalist crit- criticizing Qais Said <laughs> they raided his house he wasn't there they took his wife uh, you know as as a hostage so that he gives himself in so it turns up and then initially they didn't know what what the issue was and then the issue turned out that it's because what he said criticizing Qais Said and now the lawyers cannot meet him for 48 hours cannot have access because it's a terrorist uh, you know uh, charge uh, so this is what qaisaid is trying is trying to build a system of fear in tunisia but we believe he cannot succeed he cannot do more than what zin abidin bin ali overgave before him but zin abidin especially because zin abidin built his system of fear and he was the product of the security system within tunisia so he he really knew how to <laughs> instill fear in people but at the end of the day you know you can't be push human beings you know for forever you, you see know. this is this is firstly the 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 spectacle of a democratically elected official particularly someone who's the speaker of the parliament ceremonial from the ceremonial point of view the speaker of the parliament is above even the president because the you know it's it's the speaker of the parliament who represents the people so that spectacle of arresting detaining suppressing those officials is grotesque is uh, yani it's it's uh, it's horrendous but from another point of view i look at uh, when a regime such as the one sitting now in uh, in qartaj carrying out these measures as a regime that is desperate it's out of desperation because otherwise if the regime was strong if they were confident if they didn't really fear they they'd let people talk they'd let, let people picket they'd let people write they'd let people share it's absolutely fine because they're in control so but is this a little bit naive on my behalf that that the regime does feel desperate and therefore the voices of freedom the political 
prisoners, the Sheikh Rashid al-Ghannushi and those who attended the Salvation Front evening with him just a couple of days before he was arrested, that ultimately the, you know, the situation will be theirs and, and, and the triumph will be theirs? I think after the coup, and uh, I spoke many times to Sheikh Rashid, what he said is that we have succeeded in Tunisia to resist the counterwave of revolution for 10 years. A wave after wave. Of yeah, the waves actually. <laughs> the didn't stop a single day. Yeah. So 2013, those assassinations, and then 2015, uh, I mean, terrorist attacks, and then wave after wave. So we were able to resist those 10 years. The values which has enabled us to resist the counterwave revolution, to regain power 2012, because that was the, 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 the bloodshed events which started just after the elections, were the values which Sheikh Rashid was teaching all of us that we need to have consensus. We've had a gathering on Ramadan, was it 23rd of Ramadan, August time, 2013, and there were more than 280,000 in Qasbah just by the government shouting, meaning how, how to translate it, Maaz. We're um, loyal, we're loyal. Uh, but we should exclude Tajama and Nida. The former so, regime. Or, yeah. So Sheikh Rashid was telling them, no, stop. And Nida were the political yeah. opponents of another at the time. And he said, whoever, whoever gets through the door of the constitution is part of the, the revolution. And here he is reiterating the hadith of the Prophet when he said, Man whoever gets in the house of Abu Sufyan, he, he, he shall be safe. And this concept, this Islamic concept is very strong. That has enabled us, that has given hope to those who are part of the old regime that they can succeed through democracy and the, through the rule of law. And that's what happened actually. They have participated in election. They gained the first place. They regained power, but through democracy. And they, we tried to work together. These 10 years... But, but do you understand those who would accuse you of a little bit of political naivety? I mean, the ideal is, yeah, uh, is we, 100%. We could, but let me, let, me, let, me, let me tell you what happened during these 10 years. Those who were aged 10 years of age, 2011, right now they are in their 20s. Those who were, let's say, in their 20s, right now they are in their 30s. Let's say someone, a young one, he's like 30 years, now they are in their 40s. Those are all the fruits of these 10 years of freedom. They don't know about Ben Ali regime. They only know freedom. Those ones are those who would defend this dream. It's like what happened to Beni Israel when they got freed by Sayyidina Musa salam. They had to go through the desert for 40 years. So the Fuqaha said 40 years is a time where the generation which has lived under the tenure of Pharaoh went and a and new, the new generation, generation which, which knows freedom. freedom. And, and those ones were who got into the village, the Qarya, the city. This narrative is very important. And we do think, and Sheikh Rashid believes, I personally believe in what he's saying, that right now, in the Tunisian society, there are many barriers towards tyranny. And that is why we are not, as Nahda party or Sheikh Rashid, the only ones who are defending. 
freedom and democracy. I mean, there are many who are defending freedom. Even, even those who are part of security forces, even those part who are some judges, even part of the bureaucracy, business people, and the youth. So, and this history will prove it right. What Mohav was saying that 10% and even less than 10% have participated in Qaysayed's referendum, referendum on the constitution. Or, let's say road, roadmap. Despite all the propaganda we've been subject to, our Tunisian society was, I mean, heavy tools of propaganda to make evil of all our 10 years. But the Tunisian society freely has chosen not to adhere to his plan. And this is something. This is something. So yes, there is, there is, there are, we are progressing. What happened in Tunisia is a step down, but history will not stop in that. And we need to believe that what we are doing is right. And the answer to this counter wave is to continue fighting for those values, meaning consensus, democracy, and human values. And that we need to redefine the public sphere that we are with people who are defending these values independently, whether they claim that they are Muslims or Islamists, because Qais Said claims that he's an Islamist. He claims that he defends uh, the Palestinian cause, but he is a tyrant. So we cannot stand by him because he says, I defend Sharia law, no? Uh, Mu'adh, two days after the, uh, the lecture given by Sheikh Rashid Al-Ghannoushi at the Salvation Front, he was arrested. Tell us a little bit about the details of his arrest. He was arrested at home, correct? Yes, that's right, yeah. I mean, we've been, we've been over the last uh, year and a half, especially over the last year, he's already been summoned 10 times. To, where, to, 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 to by, by, by By the uh, by Saeed judiciary with different accusations. If you put together, you know, all the number of hours uh, that he was subjected to, you know, the questioning, it's, it's over 120 hours at his age, uh, 81. And all, none of the accusations, they're all spurious accusations, baseless. Uh, and that's why, uh, you know, although we, we, we were worried that he might be arrested in any, whenever he goes to, to, uh, to, you know, to a summon, that he might be arrested, you know, then. But the lawyers show very clearly that the accusations are baseless uh, and that the file cases that are presented by the prosecution, there's nothing there. From different accusations, from uh, uh, corruption, money laundering, uh, assassinations, this, that. So it took, it took Qais Saeed 20 months to get to Rashid Al-Ghannoush because to get to him, he had to remove so many safeguards that the last 10 years have put in place to protect all Tunisian citizens from oppression, from tyranny, and to provide them with safeguards to basically receive free, uh, you know, to be treated fairly by an independent judiciary. So Qais to get to Rashid al-Ghannoushi, he had to dissolve the Supreme Judicial Council, which is an independent council that used to be elected by the, by the judges themselves. He had to sack 57 judges. It's, it's never, it's unprecedented in Tunisia's history. 57 judges, uh, all very senior judges, who didn't accept to basically uh, follow his diktats. He had to remove so many other things. He had to put this decree 54 to uh, uh, spread fear uh, to anyone who wants to post anything, whether it's journalists or even any citizen who wants to post anything on social media. You know, that 
that decree is like you know is 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 hanging over 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 people's heads. Uh, so, as I said, he had to remove all these safeguards to to get to uh, to uh, to uh, Sheikh Rashid. Uh, on the night itself, it was the night of the twenty seventh. Actually, we, he was thinking about where to go pray the Taraweeh prayers. It's a very special night, as everyone knows. One of the you know the most special nights. You know, Laylatul Qadri Khairun Al Fisha. It's better. Obviously, people believe that it might be the night of power, Laylatul Qadr, and that obviously it's a very special night. Uh, so he was thinking where to go pray uh, Taraweeh, and uh, he wanted to go to uh, Zaytuna Mosque, which is obviously the um, historic mosque, very very symbolic uh, mosque in Tunisia. And and I just spoke to him like 15 minutes before before the arrest to just ask him where he was going to pray. He told me that he was going to um, to, to Zaytuna. Uh, this was around um, maybe six o'clock, maybe six fifteen in the in the evening, and uh, uh, Maghreb in Tunisia is around seven p.m. Um, so around six thirty, around a hundred policemen in in around thirty cars, all unmarked cars. All the policemen were plain clothed. So uh, uh, I was I was talking to uh, the other day. Uh, you know, we thought that they were maybe cr criminal gangs because actually that's something else that's happening in Tunisia that crime is spreading because the state people are their situ economic situation is really getting very desperate and and because of that crime is growing. So when you get people in plain so, clothes yeah, in plain exactly, cars, yeah, yeah, you yeah. would assume that they're <laughs> yeah, a criminal yeah, gang yeah, rather exactly, than yeah, officials. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, um, and they went into the house, they, they knocked the door. Uh, my mother opened because she was, we were expecting some guests actually over iftar, some relatives who were going to come for iftar. So my mother just opened the door and and, and they just, uh, you know. Uh, they burst in. Burst in, uh, around 50 of them. Uh, they said, oh, we have with the police, we have, um, uh, you know, uh, we have permission from the judge to uh, search the house and uh, to arrest uh, uh, Ranushi. So, um, and then as when they were going in, they were asking my mother, where's the gold, where's the money? Where do you keep your valuables? She told them, we don't have any gold or money. I mean, the only gold I have is this bracelet, that's it, <laughs> nothing else. Uh, so they were asking, where's the safe? Where, where do you keep your valuables? She told them, we don't have any safe. The only thing we have is books and papers. That's that's what you know. Sheikh Rashid has lived all his 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 life, you know, for. Uh, so they 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 went around, you know, going into different rooms and uh, and uh, you know, searching everything. Uh, they were very interested in my father's diary. He keeps a daily diary, uh, so they were very interested. And my mother told them, "Is is is writing one, you know, one's thoughts." Is it a crime? Why, why are you taking it? You know, it's, we're su there's supposed to be freedom of thought, freedom of conscience. People are supposed to write their own ideas, their, what they think of the world in their own diary, personal private diary. So they took that uh, and they took uh, his phone, they took uh, a comp his computer, and then they were taking different papers. They were going, the search lasted around three hours.
but they didn't, I think, find anything of no gold, uh, no gold, no, no money, cash, bundles of <laughs> no cash, money, no, no weapons. <laughs> so uh, I think because they didn't find anything then uh, that that they can use against him then uh, two hours later they went to two places they went to uh, the party headquarters uh, to to search it close it down and search it and also they 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 went to my sister's house which is right uh, uh, next door to to my parents house to search it again they you know they thought maybe he was hiding you know his things in his daughter's uh, place Again, they didn't find anything, but they still took her laptop uh, and some old phones uh, and some papers. Uh, so that's that's what happened that night. And then the lawyers uh, actually came while while the search was happening. The lawyers uh, heard about what was happening. They came. Uh, they tried to attend the search because legally lawyers should be able to attend the search but they were not allowed to. Actually, one of the lawyers, one of the sisters, she was pushed by the police uh, and they threatened to arrest her when she was trying to, you know, argue with them that she should be able to, to attend the search. Um, and then when they asked them, okay, so where are you taking him? Which, which, who are you? Uh, they said they were from um, National Guard, one of the units from the National Guard. And that they were taking him to to the National Guard base, which is so in the they capital. were basically military police, more so Not, than civil it's, police. It's it's a semi. It's 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 a, the National Guard. In we have the police, we have the National Guard, we have the army, and it's like in between. National Guard is in between. So uh, the lawyers then went to, to the, the to the National Guard base in downtown Tunis. They told them, no, he's not here. So we didn't know where he was. So he was literally kidnapped. Yeah, yeah. Literally I mean, kidnapped. It is. It is. Uh, yeah, it is. As I said, it's. It's not, I mean, Qais Saeed claims to be, claims that freedoms are protected, that his constitution, you know, guarantees all freedom. He, he even said, we guarantee more freedoms and rights than the, than the 2014 constitution. But obviously, <laughs> this is not the case. I mean, this is, this is how criminals behave. It's not how states behave. Uh, so we didn't know where he was the whole of uh, the night. The, the following day on, on Tuesday, we heard that he was taken to hospital. We went to, uh, lawyers went to hospital, he wasn't there. Then they went back to the National Guard base, the same base. They told them he's not there. Then they told them uh, in the afternoon that he will be brought. So he was being held in another location. We didn't know where he was being held. Uh, and that the, he, uh, the, invest the questioning will start in the evening. Um, so they came back in the evening after iftar you know you have to remember this is during ramadan and there's a few days just before eid so the uh, at around 10 10 p.m on tuesday uh, they brought him from this other location where he was being detained with no access to lawyers so we didn't know where he was from the moment he was arrested until <clears throat> around 10 uh, p.m then they tried to start the uh, the questioning uh, in the absence of his lawyers and uh, so he refused that then they said okay they will allow just one lawyer to attend the lawyers refused that because we there was around 20 or, or, or 30 lawyers there and by law you can't limit the number of lawyers who attend the questioning and because of that then they took him again to where, where he was being detained so no 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 questioning took place at that night then they brought him again on Wednesday around 1 p.m. 
to to be presented to the uh, to the judge to the investigating judge to decide whether to uh, press charges against him uh, press charges and detain him or press charges and 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 uh, release him on bail or just acquit him and, and close the file uh, so they brought him around one uh, just in the afternoon in the early afternoon on Wednesday he was in, in the court the whole day uh, but he was he appeared in front of the judge around uh, around 9 p.m so yeah yeah so he was yeah so he was there in, in, in the court you know sitting on a chair and he's 81 Yeah, so that's basically when they started. He he made the charges that were presented by the prosecution, saying that uh, that uh, you know you called for civil war, you threatened with civil war, and this is what you said. So the lawyers, he said no, and the lawyers said, okay, show us the video that you claim uh, you know supports your 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 your, uh, your charge. So he presented a a a, a doctored video, a vid video that was ed edited to. Uh, basically support their, their charge so the lawyer said no this is not the original video we want the original video and there was a lot of arguments with the with the with the judge until they forced the lawyers forced that the judge request the original video to be uh, uh, brought from the from the unit that arrested uh, sheikh because that unit was supposed to collect all the evidence against him so that unit basically fabricated the video uh, to support, you know, uh, their claims and 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 the orders from above. Uh, <clears throat> so the lawyers then, when they, when they brought the original video, it clearly shows that Sheikh wasn't threatening with civil law. He was actually warning against that. That basically that this is what's going to happen. The policies that Saeed is adopting and others are ad adopting the policies that that aim to divide Tunisian society to, to turn Tunisian against Tunisian. To exclude that, you know, that uh, ideological trend or this uh, this faction, you know, and literally what he said is that Tunisia, you know, if we're trying to exclude that side or that side, Islamist or leftist, that this is a recipe for civil war, and that, and then he not only just he all added that that this is criminal, and then we should do all we can. To stop this and to avoid this and to avoid this, so lawyers pro uh, showed very clearly that this is what he said. But the, the charge was already cooked. Yeah, exactly. It was, it was prepared. So, so, it was so, and, and actually, it's maybe later on we can because I've been talking for too much. But basically, uh, you know, I'll, 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 I'll maybe add details about what the lawyers will will be doing based on what happened through the investigation. I, I'm trying to imagine the the kind of uh, of uh, trauma that is caused by something like this, for someone's own home to be raided by th that many, plain clothed. Once again, I insist on this, you know, because this I think is incredibly important. Plain clothed, armed, I'm presuming, men um, traveling in plain vehicles, entering a home where a family is preparing for their meal, receiving, about to receive guests, and to have their um, their possessions searched in such a way <clears throat> and then the sheikh being essentially, I mean from what Mu'ad has described, kidnapped when for two days almost his own lawyers couldn't locate where he was, couldn't see him that he was essentially kidnapped let's not forget that 
Uh, with the sheikh, there are several political prisoners. Uh, I mentioned those that I know personally, for instance, uh, people like uh, Sayyid Firjani, um, again, a resident of this country. His family are, are, are based in London. Uh, he spent in London several, several years. Um, uh, Abdul Hamid al-Jalasi, who's a personal friend of mine, and many, many others. Um, am I right to, when I, you know, I, I spoke to several um, media, uh, British media, either podcasts or, or stations, and I made the claim that over the course of the, the 10 years where the revolution stood, there were no political prisoners. I might be wrong. I don't know. I made that claim from my understanding of the situation. Um, but am I right, Ahmed, if I was to make that claim that there were no political prisoners during the... You are the... totally right. Not only there were no political prisoners, the question was not there, really. Uh, lately, last week, uh, there was the book fair. Book fair. The Tunis book fair. Annual book fair. That's an annual book fair. And for the first time, Since books the revolution. are being censored, confiscated, confiscated. I mean, this was this was something out of our imagination that someone's book, and actually the the, the title of the book, one of the books, it's not the only one, is 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 quite symbolic because it is book titles Frankenstein, and the writer, uh, it's not it's a novel, was it's Tunisia's Frankenstein? Yeah was referring to, I mean, the, 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 the anger within the population. And that anger has created a Frankenstein. B basically, he was referring to Qaysayed. So not only we've had no political prisoners, not only we've had no censorship, but also police were, were working according to the law. They had not to work according to the orders which would come from above. Judges were applying the law. Judges were an independent institution of the state. They elect their leaders, the the the, the high, I mean, the uh, supreme judge uh, committee. They do elect it. Now it's Qaysayed who decides appoints. So. Uh, we were in a total freedom and we are defending this total freedom. I personally, as a student of Rashid al-Ghannoushi, Sheikh Rashid al-Ghannoushi, do not believe that a great man... You know, you, you say, I'll, I'll give you a few seconds. Uh, you say that you're a student of a Sheikh Rashid al-Ghannoushi. I spoke the other day at the rally uh, in front of the Tunisian embassy and... Um, I, I hadn't decided what I was going to say. So I was thinking to myself, what am I going to say? And the thing that, that uh, struck me was when I first came to know Sheikh Rashid al-Ghannoushi, I first came to know Sheikh Rashid al-Ghannoushi as a probably 14, 15 year old. And I came across um, some of his books. And I recall them being, whilst quite deep and profound, they were quite easy read. And he was touching on ideas which were way ahead of his time. I'm talking about the early 80s. I'm talking about mid 80s. I'm talking about late 80s and 90s. He was talking about democracy, which at the time, the general narrative, the general theme was that democracy was anti-Islam. But there was, here was Sheikh Rashid al-Ghannoushi, who was talking about democracy, who was talking about freedoms, who was talking about human rights in such ways 
And at the time, I recall him being also imprisoned by Burgheber. He spent a few years in prison. So this is what's, what struck me about this man. He's a fighter. I mean, we talk in glowing terms about the likes of Nelson Mandela, the likes of... But we have, you know, we have Sheikh Rashid Ghanoushi, whom we know personally, we knew personally. I'm talking about myself, obviously, you're his son, but I'm talking about myself, I'm talking about Ahmed. We knew personally, we knew about his struggle, we knew about the sacrifices he made, yet he stuck to his principle, he stuck to his guns. And for those, for that, for that particular position, he might have paid that hefty price. People accusing him, oh, you're, you know, from politically naive and the such, but he stuck to his principles. He's, he's not politically naive. He's, he's a fighter. That was the word I was looking for, and thank you for mentioning. And he's chosen to go ahead with this fight. And for me, what he said on that night is, he's telling us this is, this is the way. We should not, while faced by this counterwave of revolution, despair from our beliefs that we as Muslims do fight for freedom, do fight for democracy, do fight for human rights, for everyone. Not our not, own political not, no, no, parties, no, no, no. not our ideology, no. not those who support us and believe in what we believe in. Yes, that's, that's the idea because Islam, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen, praise to Allah, the Lord, Lord of, of the world, of the world of not only the world for, for of, of of all creations, independently whether they are Muslims, whether non-Muslims, whether white, black, male, female. This is the strong concept, and this is what brings our Muslim values even above the liberal Western values, which are right now in state of aging and crisis. So. Sheikh Rashid Ghanoussi is saying that we Muslims right now, at this day, thanks to our revolutions, thanks to these values, we can participate with humanity to overcome our problems. And he has chosen to wage this fight. He has chosen to stand by and to stick by, his, by these values. And we need to go with these values. We need not to start doubting these values or to say, no, we are naive and we need to retaliate to radicalism with another radicalism. We need to retaliate to tyranny with another tyranny. No, that is not the way. Our, our Islamic values, we as Muslims, this is, what, this is the way ahead and this is where history is going. So yes, it is tragic what, is, what happened to him as a person someone who is of 81 in his age, it is a crime to do that for him. But this person, it is not just that human being. It is these ideas which are really young and which have a big dream and which are bringing us towards the future and to which we need to stick and to keep fighting with. And I think Sheikh Rashid is quite aware that what he's saying might take him to prison and he's ready to, to go ahead with that. That is why when the judge, I mean, uh, maybe Ma'ad will explain more, has given him his, his, uh, his dictate that he's going to put him freedom. He said, I have hope. I'm not desperate. And I trust in, in this way. And 
So he's, he's, he doesn't perceive himself as a victim. He's fighting for these values. And for me, this gives us a lot of strength. You know, um, uh, since uh, his arrest, I've spoken to several officials here in the UK, across Europe, uh, people who are familiar with Sheikh Rashid. Some of them knew him quite well, attended conferences with him, uh, traveled with him and the such, but most uh, knew him from afar. And I have to say that I found no one, although they might be ideological, ideologically opposed to him, um, and some might even disagree with his, his political stance. Um, but I can honestly say that none of whom I spoke to, and I spoke to several dozen of them, none of them actually believed in the accusations leveled against him or the charges that were leveled against him. None of them. In fact, some openly said that that, that is ridiculous because knowing the man, knowing his ideas, know, following his, uh, his, his life story, I think would, would lead to the natural conclusion that this is a man not only of peace, but a man of, um, of uh, collaboration, of, of tolerance, of acceptance of others, of insistence that um, success, whether it be in Tunis or even beyond, doesn't come by unilateral moves or unilateral decisions. It comes by the collective. And that's something that is, that is fairly rare. If you could just allow me, and um, I don't want really to keep the word, but I think that Sheikh Rashid Ghanoushi, Sayyid Firjani, Ali al and even from the other side, Khayyam al-Turki, and Ghazi Shawashi, Jawahar bin Barak, and Shayma Isa, Ridha bil Hajj, and Lazhar al-Akrami. Those people, they knew, and right now, Najib uh, al-Shabi, they knew that Qaysaid will put them in prison. Some of them were outside the country. They, they did have the chance yeah, to leave to the country and they've outside. chosen to go back. Said Fergiani knew that he's going to be captured and he stayed back home in Tunisia. He's asked his family just continue the fight outside, but I am staying, I don't fear for this. Rashid Ghanoushi and all his comrades they are all fighting for these values. And for me and for us as Tunisians and as Muslims, this is very important. You've mentioned Mandela or we can mention Gandhi, but right now we have these actual people from us, from, from Muslim society. Whom we know, whom we've dealt with, who have relations with. And they are defending these values, and I would say even in a more progressive way. It's, it strikes me, uh, Mu'ad, that uh, we're talking here not necessarily about victims, although, you know, in the, in the strict human rights sort of dialogue, they are victims. They're being oppressed. They were being censored. They were being abducted. They were being imprisoned. They were being, you know, charges were being concocted against them. So in a way, they are victims. But the way that you describe your father, that Ahmed has spoken about his ideas, and the way that I heard from the, uh, the family of Sayyid Firjani about uh, the kind of message he sent to them upon being imprisoned, telling them that, listen, you know, just don't worry about me continue the fight. Don't worry about me. Even if I die in prison, that's fine. That's absolutely fine. This is not the, uh, this is not the end of the road. This is part of the... It seems to me that um, we're talking here about uh, the issue of values, the issue of the ideology of how we can overcome the current state of where we are as societies, and I, Tunis included, but also the entire region probably. 
um, and where we, we need to get to, how we need to get there. Uh, it's not just about politics. It's not just about the quarrel of political parties. It's beyond that. It's about values. It's about morals. It's about ideas. Where are we heading now? What's, what's going to happen in the case of, uh, of, of Sheikh Rashid, but also wider in terms of, okay, Tunis. What do you anticipate to see in the next foreseeable future? I mean, going back to what uh, Brother Ahmed was saying about uh, the importance of values and what you said about maybe this is naive. Uh, I think civilizations, they're built on ideas, on values, and on sticking to them through thick and thin. Uh, if we go back to, you know, beginning of uh, Islam, uh, Prophet ﷺ and his companions, they didn't have, you know, strong armies, they didn't have a lot of money, they, you know, they were not, a, you know, there were two superpowers at that time, and the Muslims were just, you know, in this small city, Al Medina, with nothing. Yet, the strength of the values that they had and the strength of the model that they were creating started attracting adherents and, 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 and imposed itself on the others. You know, the value of, for example, freeing slaves, the equality, and the values of brotherhood, the values of justice, you know, someone like Ali uh, ibn Abi Talib, you know, uh, being treated by the judge in the same way with 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 uh, you know a Jewish person, so uh, the the state that the Prophet ﷺ built, which was a state for its citizens, whether they're Muslim, non-Muslim, Jewish, uh, uh, so it was as a, uh, this equality of 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 the rights between the citizens, uh, and this is I think what you know what what made our Islamic civilization, the civilization that it is. And it had 10 centuries of, of being at the top of the world. After that, because we started losing those values, those principles, you know, our civilization started going down. And another civilization, the Western civilization, because it adopted these values, you know, uh, uh, you know, became the dominant, you know, civilization. Now these values within the West, actually they're going down values of democracy, freedom, equality, uh, because, you know, this civilization and the world is going through a tough time, you know, economically, socially, you know, societies are really being tested uh, with all the crises, one crisis after the other. And, and, and at times of crisis, it's when you see the, you know, the reality of the people, the reality of societies, you know, it either brings out the good in them or the worst in them. And we see some societies turning, scapegoating minorities, scapegoating this minority or that minority, the media, the far right, you know, you know, you can see it all across Europe and, and, and the West in general. I think we have an opportunity now uh, from Tunisia, this very small country. We started the Arab Spring, you know, uh, uh, 12 years ago or 13 and unleashed this, this uh, wave of optimism and of belief that yes we can we can be free for arab citizens to be free to to take part in 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 in, in how they are being governed in holding their rulers to account unfortunately obviously you know many factors then intervene to to you know to 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 stop this yeah exactly but you know you can't crush ideas with with force you can maybe you know delay 
their their, their advance uh you know but but you cannot crush it uh you cannot stop it you can't stop ideas and and ideas are i think strengthened with sacrifices so uh, when 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 you are facing challenges is 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 the time when you have to stick to your values and that's what uh sheikh rashid and 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 you know all the other uh, political prisoners uh, you know uh, brother said farjani brother ayl arayid from Nahda, Brother Nuruddin Lebhiri, others from the other, you know, uh, political spe- spectrum, Khayama um, Turkey and others, you know, they stay sticking to their values. Uh, you know, it's very easy. They can say, oh, sorry, you know, we, we don't want to this go is too through high this. A price. Yeah, and, 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 and we and, have families. Yeah, yeah exactly. Have but they, they, they haven't chosen this path and they're not on their own. There's hundreds and thousands of others who've been going out to the streets you know, since the coup, there's been around 25 protests, you know, the, the, and in, people in know the streets. price that they might pay. Exactly, exactly. Every time. So as, as, as you said, they, they don't see themselves as victims. Yes, they're being oppressed. And we have to speak out against, you know, all the oppression that are being, they're being subjected to. And, and that's what the whole world is speaking about at the moment. But at the same time, we need to understand these, they know what they've signed up to. They, they signed up to stick to their values, to, to, to build an example. And that these values and these ideas, they were sacrificing, making sacrifices for. You know, my father, I remember, uh, in, uh, you mentioned about the 80s and, and, and you know, uh, uh, reading some of his books back in the 80s. Uh, remember, I was, in, in 1987, I was 12. Uh, my father, he was probably towards the end of his 40s, I think. Uh, and he was in prison uh, by by uh, uh, by Bourguiba, President Bourguiba. And uh, President Bourguiba, he, he wanted the death uh, penalty. And the first, he set up a court specifically for this. Uh, and uh, they, uh, the first sentence they issued was uh, life imprisonment. And Bourguiba wasn't happy with this. Uh, so he asked for a retrial to push for the death sentence. I believe he changed the judge as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just changed the whole, the the whole, whole thing. S- yeah, the whole setting. So, uh, but then, you know, my father at that time, if 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 Allah, Allah's will was for him to be executed, you know, he's only written two books. He's only been exposed, like so, so, so few people have been exposed to his ideas at that time. But SubhanAllah, Allah will something else. Allah will that, you know, that uh, Burgiba goes and, and Ghanoushi stays. And Allah will that then Ghanoushi is forced to go into exile, to write so many other books, to meet so many other people, to, 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 to basically spread his ideas all around the world. And subhanAllah, now we see the fruits of that now in the solidarity all around the world with him. Alhamdulillah. Uh, so at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's uh, you know, he's not afraid. He has full belief in, in, in Allah, uh, and full acceptance for what Allah, you know, has, has willed. And, and, he believes in his ideas and he will go, you know, all the way. <laughs> <laughs>